independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The dissecting of what took place the other night is continuing to go on. As everybody waits inside the base with anticipation for the big announcement of Trump running. Uh, And he's going to run. And everybody's going to have to stay out of his way. And it sucks because I think Ron DeSantis could easily win. I think Brian Kemp could easily win. You know, who's the, 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 the fourth or fifth person that you're not thinking about that that may get into the race against Trump. But they're all going to have to stay far away from him because he's going to destroy everything. His ego is too big to allow anybody to be a part of what he sees as a reckoning. And there was a bit of it the other night. But I've been telling people for a long time about a certain portion of the base that loves Trump. They only love Trump. They don't love anything else. They're, they weren't really into politics pre-Trump. And they're not into other things that have anything to do with politics outside of Trump. They don't care about any of the other things. They don't want to talk about issues. They don't want to talk policy. They don't care. You got to keep it simple, stupid, and you got to entertain them. And that's the reality of it. And it sucks. You know, the other night he threatened DeSantis. If you try to leave, basically I'll destroy you. And people cheer. But here's my question. Do you care about winning? Or do you care about just the fun of pissing off the media and fighting with everybody. And that's being brought up over and over again. And we've talked about it for a long time. I said Trump loved the fact that he got a lot of people through. But could you win the general? You won the primary because that 30% showing up. But could you expand that to 50 plus one? And we found out that he couldn't. And that that wouldn't work. And more and more people are standing up and saying, look, you know what? He's going to be the nominee and Biden's going to be the nominee. And and I still think medically there could be some issues with that. But Biden's yesterday, you know, in his bizarre press conference. And he feels now that he's got the the basically you guys out there who voted just told everybody. Give him a mandate. Let him do what he wants to do. I talked to so many people on both sides of the aisle over the last, you know, I've been on 20 different shows. I've interviewed 20 different people. I've been doing so many things. And both sides felt like they lost the other night because they felt like, oh, God, we're saddled with this again. Because I think a lot of people thought Trump goes away, maybe, or becomes the kingmaker. And Biden slowly but surely says, I'm going to leave. And and it becomes evident because he gets served the other night that it's going to be DeSantis. And I'm taking Kamala out of it because let's be real. That's not happening. It's going to be DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom. It's going to be hard now. It's going to be hard. But if you're a Republican right now, a Republican. Answer the question. Do you care about winning or do you care about Trump chaos All of the things, because I don't think you care about winning the way you say you do. Republican base doesn't care about electability. They care about loyalty to Trump. They care about a lot of crazy. 
And there's no evidence that they actually care about winning elections at all. Um, same, you know, I mean, it's not like the evangelicals have ever cared whether pro, being pro-life is popular or not. They just right. want to rail it through our legal system. I wonder if this will shift their thinking. I personally don't think so. I think the GOP base loves Trump too much. I think many of them don't actually care that all that much about power, um, and they would much rather have the antics, piss off the media, all that stuff. They want to have their fighter. Primary. They want to have their fighter, piss off the left, and you know whatever you could say. Trump, that's his ultimate skill. Yes. Crystal Ball and Sog are there. They do breaking points. If you want to watch something that's interesting, that hits all the good stuff, that's entertaining, breaking points. You go check them out on YouTube. They're great. They used to be on the Hill, started their own thing, uh, got away from corporate media, which I love. Uh, I love both of them. She's pretty damn liberal. He's pretty damn conservative. But what they are is something for a younger generation. And he hit it on the head, the thing I've said for a long time. All they care about is pissing off. They're not interested in actually governing. It means nothing. The show is more important than the actual work. That's the most important thing. They sell, and he does it better than anybody. Trump does it better. He sells sizzle, not the sake. How many times you go to a uh, Mexican restaurant? And for those of you out there who don't have good Mexican restaurants, being here in the Southwest, uh, I apologize. Uh, you think maybe you have a good Mexican restaurant, and then you, uh, you you go to one. I went to one in Ohio a few years ago. It was I'm like, is this ketchup? Is this your hot sauce? It was it was awful. But I will tell you this: when the sizzle of the fajitas comes out, and it's on the skillet, and it's awesome, you can smell it, and everybody's looking, and it's awesome, and then it gets down to the eating part. If the sizzle of the steak or the chicken sucks after you get it down, you take a bite. The people don't care about that. They don't care what it tastes like. Do you care about winning? Because if you care about winning, then there needs to be a reckoning and there's got to be change. If you don't care about winning, which I'm fine with, it ain't my party. I leaned right, but I gave up. A long time ago on the Republicans because they wandered away from where they were supposed to be. And quite frankly, both parties have. They really have. But I will tell you right now, you got to ask yourself. Do we care about winning? I said yesterday, we're a parliamentary kind of country now when it comes to our politics, which is the heads up there who are running everything, you know, they're what they're at the point now. It's like, just get somebody over the line. I don't care. I'll tell them what to do. I'll tell them where to, you know, I'll tell them what button to push and what they're going to be voting for. whatnot. I just, just vote the red outside of that. I'll make everything up as it goes. And that's kind of what we got now. So you have to ask yourself if you're a Republican, do you care about winning? Because Ron DeSantis, Brian Kemp, in some ways, even Mike DeWine out there in Ohio, they, they what? They get it. They get it. This is what people care about. These are the things that people care about. These are the things that people care about. Ron DeSantis got a lot of, of notoriety because he pushed back against the woke culture, but it wasn't all that he did. It wasn't. In the immigration, and he talked about it, but it wasn't all that he did. Inside of the state, he focused on things that matter to the voters. 
What matters to the media is the talking points. The media lives for Trump. They need him. He was right. I leave. What are you guys going to do? They're looking. They're hoping DeSantis was it. But here's the thing. He ain't it as far as the fight. He'll fight, and he'll fight well. The problem is he fights so well that it's not fun. Trump fights dirty and makes it a conversation. But you have to ask yourself if you're a Republican today, does my party care about winning? Do they care about governance? Do they care about, hey, this is the way I think our country should go. We should be facts over feelings, We should, but we shouldn't discount feelings. We need to be a country that moves forward. Our greatest strength is our togetherness. It's not what separate. Those are the things that you've got to ask yourself. Or is it only about fighting everything all the time 24-7 and loyalty? That's what you have to ask yourself if you're a Republican today. Do I care about winning? Because if I care about winning, I painted the picture months ago. You focus on the economy. You absolutely do. You focus on the things that matter. And you keep the other stuff over there. And the other stuff was the chaos and the craziness. You know, Carrie Lake's probably going to win in Arizona based on the numbers, even though she's kind of behind the same day drop. So these are people who got their ballots early, but they went in to drop them or delivered them at the ballot station. That Those are going to break heavy for her in a major way. But a real candidate, a regular candidate that wasn't all about stop the steal, that isn't all about yelling at the media. Would have beat Katie Hobbs by 20 points. We wouldn't even be talking about this right now. So the question is, do you really care about winning? Or is it only pissing people off? And entertainment. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. A lot of stuff to get to today, including uh, Cole Lyle is going to join us. Uh, Executive Director of Mission Roll Call. Talk about... Veterans Day tomorrow, but what our veterans are going through, suicide rates, the things that they're struggling with, and in and, and a quiet world of, of, of suffering, we're going to talk about that. And I saw it firsthand with my uncle, who passed away several years ago, who served in Vietnam, who went through hell like you could not believe. And to watch him, basically, his, his degeneration over, over years was, was sad long before the words PTSD and all these kind of things were, were uttered. Uh, what can we do and what's really going on out there? We're going to talk to him at the bottom of the hour. Rough Greens, ruffgreens.com slash Chad right now. Have a chance to get a bag of Rough Greens. And speaking of a veteran, uh, you know, Dr. Dennis Black, who put this together, is a Vietnam vet. He was a decorated pilot in, in Vietnam. He was a guy who's a Green Beret. He, he was, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody who, who, who struggled with cancer, did all these kind of things. And somebody who decided to get himself well and to take all he learned being a naturopathic doctor for over a quarter of a century and put it towards animals as well. And he formulated canine VitaSmart. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. It is so healthy for your dog. And all you have to do is sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. Right now, here's a chance for you to get a bag for free. 
and all you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. Grab it. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Get your bag free today. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say woo! It was a good day, I think, for democracy. And I think it was a good day for America. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a little horse. Our democracy has been tested in recent years, but uh, with their votes, uh, the American people have spoken and proven once again that democracy is who we are. The states across the country uh, saw record voter turnout. Voters, the poll workers, the election officials, they uh, did their job uh, and they fulfilled their duty, apparently without much uh, interference at all, without any interference. It looks No, no. Everything seemed to run fine outside of the mishap here in Arizona. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if you want something, if you want to find something evil and nefarious, you can find it. And that's what somebody will draw on to. But it's going to be interesting here because you got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of election deniers on the ticket that are still up. But the lady at the top, who is the election denier in the country outside of Mastriano, who was in uh, Pennsylvania, who was awful. Right. Like that should show a lot of people outside of that. You've got somebody uh, in Kerry Lake who's way more put together than he ever was and probably any other candidate out there. But. What happens when she wins and all the other election deniers lose? It's a curious, curious fact. Is she going to back them for all that stuff? Because once you win, well, I don't really care anymore. Oh, I don't really care. But Biden yesterday was all over the place in that that wacky ass running, you know, walking around, doing the whisper thing, doing stuff. But you're celebrating not getting your ass kicked, but you still might lose both the House and the Senate. You're probably going to lose the House. That's kind of a foregone conclusion. It's still close enough that you're, people are talking about it, but why would he change a thing? What in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing. There you go. Nothing. I'm not changing a thing. Why should he? There's never been anything like this. He's a unpopular president who everybody's complaining the country's going in the wrong direction. But, you know, each side will say, well, it, it needs to be go more this direction, uh, but it's not going fast enough. And the other side's going that direction. It's the wrong direction. But even amongst the Democrats, he's not very popular. Nobody wanted him out there campaigning. He was much like Trump in many cases, kind of an anchor. More than he was an engine. And yet, people voted for the Democrats. No, they voted a lot of ways against bad, bad, bad candidates. Yeah. Abortion had something to do with it? Absolutely. It was on the ballots in a few places? There's no doubt. And the Republicans... Let me tell you something. The Republicans... And even the Democrats, nobody ever thought abortion was ever going to be out there again. It was settled in a way that they were happy enough to fight about it, to raise money off of it. But never did they ever dream that it was going to go away and cause hell. Blake Masters running for the Senate out here. He was for a, a national personhood for a fetus, you know, law. 
And the minute he got the nomination, it disappeared. He didn't want to talk about abortion anymore. He didn't want to talk about being uber pro-life. He wouldn't talk about any of that stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. But here we are. That was an issue. The democracy thing, did it scare some people? I think it did. I think most people went and thought, you put up a good candidate and you're going to get the vote. But it goes back to what I've been saying. Do you care about winning or not? And the Democrats are just as pissed. They felt like they lost. I think they thought they were going to get a reset because their their civil war is coming too from the uber progressives. And they're looking and thinking, God, we might have to stick with Biden now. We're probably going to have to if he wants it again and he's coherent enough. We might have to stick with this cat. I don't think they're thrilled about that. Here we are. We get what we vote for. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. We'll have more about this stuff later. Some NFL stuff, too, because, well, it's always fun with the NFL Thursday night. But coming up next, Cole Lyle's going to join us. We're going to talk about PTSD, veterans, as Veterans Day is tomorrow, and the struggles that are going on out there with our veterans, the forgotten heroes. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, and, you know, we talk about veterans on eh, Memorial Day and Veterans Day, but so much needs to be done. The, the VA was a hot mess. Uh, PTSD is is rampant throughout many of our veterans, and the struggle of what they go through day to day is is real. Joining us now uh, is Cole Lyle, is executive director of Mission Roll Call. Prior to that, uh, he worked as advisor to senior leadership at the VA on veterans policy in the United States Senate. And Cole, thanks so much for joining us today because this is something we need to talk about, especially when we look, you know, out there and we think how many people are who served our country are sleeping under a bridge tonight uh, and are struggling with mental health problems and are struggling even if they're at home and life seems normal and we just don't really talk about it. Yeah, Chad. Well, thank you uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, Mission Roll Call is a a nonpartisan program across the country that advocates for, you know, all veterans, um, regardless of your political affiliation, your branch of service, um, you know, anything. Uh, and our goal is to improve the quality of life for veterans through uh, sensible policy at the VA uh, and in Congress. And as you mentioned, um, there are plenty of challenges that we have to tackle, um, and and we're doing so, you know, year round. But it's a but it's a tough job because there's our number one goal is suicide prevention, um, and you know, suicide's a complicated issue because you can't point to one thing and say this is why veterans are are taking their lives. Um, it's it's usually a conglomeration of things. So we, we try to look at these issues from a holistic perspective. Um, and as I mentioned, just advocate for policies that would improve the quality of life and hopefully drive that number down. 
let's talk about suicide prevention because when you look at veterans uh and and suicide the numbers are frightening uh the struggle with ptsd you know so many things that go into this but again it's a silent kind of killer that it's not it doesn't get the big headlines unless we see a number and then it kind of goes away but how like how much of what you guys are doing in mission roll call is about suicide prevention well as i said it's our number one priority um so that's typically what we focus on and we bring everything back to that issue you know the the data from the department of veterans affairs um suggests that 17 veterans a day take their lives uh, that's about 6200 per year um, uh, an organization, America's Warrior Partnership, recently published a study uh, called Operation Deep Dive that was based on uh, Department of Defense data that basically said, um, you know, uh, the VA is undercounting the number of suicides because they get their data from the states uh, who give it to the CDC, who in turn give it to the VA. They're undercounting suicides, and they actually don't count um, guard and reserve in their official numbers. Um, so the number could be higher than 17. Uh, but whatever number you believe, it, you know, it's a one is too many. And uh, that's why that's our number one priority, because we go around the country and we talk to veterans about what matters to them most. And, you know, unfortunately, um, I don't think that we can lay the blame entirely at mental health, uh, because, you know, it um, suicide can at the moment of decision be because of acute financial stress or relationship stress or any number of different things that play into that decision. Talking to uh, uh, Cole Lyle, executive director of Mission Roll Call. You know, you were talking earlier about, you know, trying to do this as nonpartisan as possible. As you go out there, you're, you're, on, you're, you're on the hill, you're trying to get stuff done. What's the biggest issue you run up because this should be the most nonpartisan thing we shouldn't even be having conversation when it comes to our veterans the people who protect everything that we hold you know sacred that we shouldn't be having these conversations about about anything other than what can we do what's your biggest hurdle that's a great question um you've seen in the past 20 years uh congress has really not put up a fight when uh when the va has come and said hey this is what we need to to serve veterans now obviously there can be disagreements on specific agenda items um, and how to implement them and things like that but the va's budget in 2001 was about 45 billion dollars uh our the, the va's last budget request was 301 billion uh, their full-time staff has increased over 200,000 full-time employees to about 440,000 full-time employees today. So um, the VA has, you know, the infrastructure. It's the largest healthcare system in the country. They ha- it has the money. Um, unfortunately, even with all of that, they only touch about 50% of the veterans in the United States. Only about half of the 18.2 million veterans are enrolled in VA healthcare, and even less use it on a regular basis. Um, I would say... Our biggest challenge is trying to get the the VA to shift its mindset to uh, be more focused on outreach rather than kind of their reactionary approach to to mental health and suicide, which is uh, pills and therapy, which to this point, you know, common sense and the data would tell you has just not worked. So let's try new things. Let's figure out how to outreach to these veterans that we're not reaching out to. And that's part of what Mission Roll Call does. Um, How do we solve that problem? So I think that's our biggest hurdle is trying to uh, convince policymakers that, you know, what we're doing right now just isn't working. Um, it's, it's an entrenched 
kind of thought because most of the people that run the Veterans Health Administration, um, most of the people that, that create the policy are themselves clinicians who went through medical school, learned the traditional therapies, and are kind of reticent to um, admit that what they've been doing has not worked. You know, you you talk about the outreach, and, you know, I think a lot of veterans out there, my uncle passed away a few years ago. He was a Vietnam uh, vet, uh, and, and, you know, he struggled with a lot of things. And it, when he was married and he had, you know, his wife had insurance, my aunt, it, they used hers, but he was always reticent to go to the VA because it was always such a nightmare. It was always on their terms. And it was such a struggle for him that when he really got sick, he just, he, he decided the fight with the VA and the fight with cancer, it, you know, I'd rather fight with the cancer than the VA. It, they do have issues in messaging. How do you help them as well as fighting with the, you know, the, 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 you know, Congress and everybody else? Cause that's gotta be a nightmare. Yeah, I, so there's a common saying amongst veterans that if you've been to one VA, you've been to one VA because uh, ver- experiences can vary so wildly uh, at different uh, locations because, as I mentioned, it is the largest healthcare system in the country, and implementing uh, a policy change successfully at all different levels, uh, you know, you're going to serve veterans in Montana differently than you serve veterans in in California and LA or, you know, Tampa, Florida or something like that. Um, so it's, it's difficult to, to change the system just because it's massive, but you're right. They do have a messaging problem. There are some veterans that just don't want to use it because they hear horror stories from other veterans. Some veterans don't use the VA because they have private health insurance that they deem is better than what they would get at the VA. Um, so it is incumbent upon community organizations, um, on, on people locally to encourage veterans to get the care they need. And to be honest with you, I, you know, I don't care if they get it at the VA or at, you know, from community providers. Um, as long as they're getting the care they need within a reasonable time and distance, um, that's the most important thing to us. And that's why we've advocated for protection of community care at VA. So the VA will send veterans to community providers if they can't provide it uh, within a reasonable time or distance. And, and over the last four years, you've seen that grow so much. Now, one third of the VA's total spend on health care is providing health care in the community. Talking to Cole Lyle, executive director of Mission Roll Call, you know, the the healthcare side of it is also something, you know, one of the things, you know, being out here in Phoenix, obviously the big VA scandal that took place here years ago, some of the right. things and the veterans that we've talked to, you know, is is it the frustration they always felt is it, 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 their healthcare, you know, take away the mental side of it, which it's tough to do, but the healthcare side of it, it was always on their terms. It was, it, they just felt like they were a number. And if your number's called, you better show up today when we tell you to, or you're not going to come back and see us until we tell you you can. That's frustrating for them. Yeah, and and to be honest, it's because I still use the VA for for my healthcare. I don't have private health insurance, so um, I use it for primary care and and specialty care. And the frustrating thing too is that if you try to point that out, and they they uh, sometimes will call you and they'll say, "Hey, we have an appointment for you uh, two months from now." Um, and you're like, well, I would like to see somebody more quickly than that. Can I use somebody in the community? Um, you have to go through an authorization process through your primary care provider, and, and they, they intentionally, I feel like, sometimes make it more difficult to use that community care because they want to keep you in the VA system. 
Um, but then, you know, if you say, I want to stay in the VA system, I just want to see somebody sooner than that. They'll say, well, you can always just present yourself at the emergency room. And I'm like, well, my, my problem's not as serious or that serious to, to necessitate a visit to the emergency room. I just want to see somebody in a shorter amount of time than two months. So um, that's why, as I, as I said, experiences can vary wildly depending on, um, you know, the staff, the local VA uh, medical center director and their level of passion and involvement on these issues, um, you know, their budgetary priorities, all sorts of things can go into this. But yeah, Phoenix was ground zero for the um, the argument for community care after the scandal in, in 2014. And, uh, you know, the uh, Choice Act was passed and signed into law. Um, the Mission Act was its second iteration, which passed in 2018. Um, but I think that's that's an important tool. That's an important relief valve to give to the VA if they can't see veterans in an appropriate time is to be able to uh, give them the care they need in the community. Cole Lyle, executive director of Mission Roll Call. People want to get involved. People want to help Cole. What what can they do to continue to help you guys and 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 raise awareness and and really bring stuff to 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 their lawmakers and everybody else about the issues that are going on? Yeah, Mission Roll Call. You can go to missionrollcall.org and sign up for our text and email polls. You don't have to be a veteran, but um, it'll ask you know if you are you know what branch you served, when you served. Um, our our main method of advocating for veterans is whenever the VA or um, you know the the Congress comes out with a policy that may affect veterans, we send out polls on the policy um, to get their instantaneous feedback on how the veteran community across the United States feels about these issues, and we feed that back to the committees of jurisdiction or the members of Congress. So that's the best way. Go to missionrollcall.org, sign up for those text and email polls, um, sign up for our newsletter. Um, donate if you feel so inclined, uh, but that is the best way to get involved. We've got uh, over 700,000 uh, veterans across the country opted in to those polls, and it's a great way to make your voice heard. Uh, I love having you on. I appreciate you. appreciate your service. Cole Lyle, Executive Director of Mission Roll Call. Uh, thanks so much, my man, for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chad. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. And again, it's it's a forgotten kind of thing. We'll think about it tomorrow. We'll think about it, you know, on Memorial Day, things of that nature. But it is a forgotten time, uh, you know, because those people serve. That's great. Thank you so much for your service. Now I got to get back to TikTok and we need to take more of a role. It was a big news when the VA went sideways here in Phoenix. And yet at the end of the day, uh, and, and it also shows you that no matter how much money you throw at something, if it's not used wisely, it doesn't help. And that's the other side of things. That's so much what government is. Just ask for more if it doesn't work. Then ask for more. Yeah, but it's not going to work with more. Yeah, but you'll have more to not work with. And that's frustrating, too. Uh, My pillow right now is towels. Amazing things. Incredible things uh, for you to to go out this holiday season. You know, people go, ah, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to get somebody? You know what? Uh, towels. It sounds silly, but as you get older, you're like, oh, man, there's a nice set of towels. And I hate lotion-y towels. I hate towels that don't dry you. You ever those towels are supposedly really nice and you put them on, it's like, I'm still wet and the towel feels weird wet. It didn't absorb. That's what you're not going to have a problem with with the six-piece My Pillow towel set. It's cotton grown right here in the U.S. Uh, you're going to get a 6 day money-back guarantee. And if you buy before December 25th, they're going to extend that all the way to March of next year. And normally these are 90 bucks. You, boom, $40. Get these and all the other deep discounts by going to MyPillow.com slash Benson. That's MyPillow.com slash Benson. Get your six-piece towel set for just $40. Great holiday gifts. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show.
need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist! There is no corona! But hurry, before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I kind of like it, I'm not going to lie. This is The Chad Benson Show. You guys know I do my picks on Friday. I'm taking tomorrow off. Uh, It's been a long couple days. As you guys know, I've been sleeping here for a day and just going to enjoy some time with the family. So I decided I'm going to give you my picks today in the old NFL. Uh, Man. So tonight we got a game. Boy, when when they decided to spend a billion dollars a year, Amazon, did they think they would have such an amazing matchup between the four and five Falcons who play offense like the armed services in college or the Carolina Panthers who just suck? If you have to choose one, go with the Falcons. And I joke about that, but they ran the ball three weeks ago 17 times in a row. If you've ever watched Army-Navy, I think it's Army. All they do is run the ball. They'll have like four passes a year, it feels like. Same thing uh, here. But uh, go with the Falcons tonight if you must. All right, let's get down and dirty with the rest of the stuff. Seahawks and the Bucks. Take the Seahawks. Feeling they're going to win this? Uh, I do. He's found some magic up there in uh, the great Northwest. Bears-Lions. Take the Bears. The Lions are the most entertaining in foot- team in football. They'll put up 40 points. They'll give up 70. Browns-Dolphins. Take the Dolphins. Titans over the Broncos. Bills-Vikings. I went with the Bills. I, I don't know if, he's, if Allen's going to play or not, but I just kind of went there. Giants over the Texans. Chiefs are going to beat up on the Jaguars. Because apparently the Chiefs, by the way, every week they're at home. I don't know if they have a road game or if they're just playing all their games at Arrowhead. Uh, Steelers, Saints, go with the Saints. Colts, Raiders, somebody has to win. I think the Colts get a win for their new coach, Jeff Saturday. Uh, the Rams and the Cardinals take the Rams. Packers get thumped at home by the boys. Chargers 49ers. Sunday night game go with the 49ers. And then Monday take the Eagles over the Commanders. There is your pick for tonight and the rest of the weekend. I am 85-15-1 for whatever that's worth. I wish I'd been put a lot of money down. Yesterday, the United States national team announced... Their World Cup squad, uh, a few surprises, but we will be, I think we're going to be the youngest team at the World Cup. And and I'm going to say this. I don't know. We're going to have a tough route out of the first round. The first game is obviously the most important, but for us it is. And the way they've kind of built this team is with a lot of players who are playing in England, even though they're playing in in some cases in in a division below the top division because they're playing both England and Wales. So I think the U.S. will get a draw in the first game. They're going to probably lose to England in the second game, but England's always kind of a 50-50. And then I think they beat Iran and they go through to the next round. Uh, but if you're looking for America, people go, do you think we have a chance? Maybe get to the second round. 2026, we host the World Cup. That's what everybody's aiming for. 
So be interesting. 323-538-2423. It's our text line. If you're missing the show, grab the podcast. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Splash forward two years because all we have to do now again, remember, you're either running for something or you're raising money to run for something. So you flash forward not one but two years. It's the presidential election. Trump is still there. Because everybody was afraid or he destroyed everybody along the way, including Ron DeSantis, which he's threatened to do. So, flash forward. There we are. Gas, three bucks, two fifty. Inflation, which is down a little bit today, which the data is revealing, which is pretty darn good. Still high. We've gone through a recession, but come out. That's tough to beat. That's tough to beat if you are a person who has been pretty divisive, who's focused on elections. Mm. I asked a question earlier. I did it on the old uh, Twitter where you can apparently go and still tweet. Yesterday I was joking. I'm like, what's this blue check mark? This is a little side here. What's this blue check mark thing, right? That, you know, because uh, I never really went to get verified. I've had a weird relationship with Twitter. Uh, sometimes I feel like tweeting. Sometimes I just feel like it's a headache. And, you know, I remember the great advice somebody gave me. Nobody ever got a job off Twitter, but a lot of people got fired. Uh, but it was funny because, you know, you can get you can get other things with the blue check mark. And I was joking. And I'm like, because, you know, they offer it now. And I click on it. So it's not available in your country. <laughs> like, what country am I supposed to be in? Uh, you know, cause they've had that, you can buy the blue thing before, not the check mark, but like, you know, like a special thing. I'm like, I don't, I, I rarely tweet anyways, but I, I threw this out there today. Why did the GOP fail Tuesday night in the midterms? I'm going to tell you something right now. A year ago, a year ago, these answers wouldn't be here. Bad candidates, 32%. Democrats were better, 8%. It's not over yet. 17%. Trump factor, 42.7%. 42.7%. Soak that up for a moment. Here's a question. If you are a Trump supporter, good for you. Fantastic. I supported a lot of what he did. I didn't support the man, but a lot of what he did I thought was good. I thought Trump was his own worst enemy, and uh, even if you, you know, can sit there and say it's the media, it's just any other, here's the reality of it. Uh, Trump, at times, was absolutely his own worst enemy. Trump didn't, Biden didn't beat him, Trump lost. But I'm going to tell you this right now. The failure the other night was bad candidate after bad candidate. But Trump was a big factor in this. And I'll tell you why. And, and Sager from uh, Breaking 
points, which is phenomenal. If you've ever seen it, you should check it out. It's on YouTube. Uh, this is, and it's not one of those cheesy YouTube shows. They've come from media. They spent a ton of money building what is arguably the most entertaining talk of politics and, 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 and a lot of other stuff that's out there on a lot of these shows that you would see on YouTube. And it's not, it, it is, they spent, they talked the other night, they spent more money probably than a lot of other big networks getting people all over the country to go give you real reporting like journalists would. To bring you the stuff. But he said this, and I've been saying this for a very, very, very long time. And it's good to hear people start to talk about the reality of where a decent portion of the Republican Party is today. Republican base doesn't care about electability. They care about loyalty to Trump. They care about a lot of crazy And there's no evidence that they actually care about winning elections at all. Um, same, you know, I mean, it's not like the evangelicals have ever cared whether pro, being pro-life is popular or not. They just right. want to rail it through our legal system. I wonder if this will shift their thinking. I personally don't think so. I think the GOP base loves Trump too much. I think many of them don't actually care that all that much about power, um, and they would much rather have the antics, piss off the media, all that stuff. They want to have their fighter. Primary. They want to have their fighter, piss off the left, and you know whatever you could say, Trump, that's his ultimate skill. 100%. The ultimate skill in all of this for him is pissing off the media. fighting even when it's unnecessary to fight and do you care about winning is the question you should ask i've been in locker rooms you know i played at a pretty darn high level as high as i was going to get back in the time when i played soccer united states soccer is 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 so far ahead kids who are 10 now knew knew uh, they know more than i ever knew even at the height of when I played, because we just were so far behind the rest of the world. But I've been in locker rooms where I've had coaches look at me and ask the question, do you care about winning? Do you care about winning? I don't think there, uh, there, there's a certain point of the base right now that I don't think cares about winning. They don't care about anything other than the anger factor. That's the number one thing that lives in their mind is the anger factor. The number one thing that lives in the mind is getting back at the media that they feel that ignored them. The number one thing in their mind is, in many cases, fighting against the elites and the media. And that's not going to win. The Republicans have a civil war coming in inside of their party and they have to decide are we going to retool and come out and deliver what the people want because victory is in front of you if you run candidates that are good the main thing republicans have to do is focus on not alienating every voter insight by embracing silliness by embracing things that the american voters do not care about there's a lot of talk in the election lead up about how Democrats were ignoring what the voters wanted. And that's true. Many Democrats did ignore what the voters wanted. But as it turns out, the, the Joe Biden pitch, and Joe Biden is going to be the nominee now for the Democrats in 2024. We'll get to the impact on Biden and Trump in a second. Joe Biden pushing for the democracy talk. It turns out that wasn't about threats to democracy. It was about, do you trust these Republicans to govern? 
And when Republicans act as though they can't be trusted with governance, they don't win. And when they can be trusted with governance, they win and they win enormous. They win huge. Yes. Ron DeSantis. Let's talk about uh, Brian Kemp. Kemp beat Abrams again. Even bigger this time. There was no talk. She came out immediately. First thing she said, I want to congratulate Brian Kemp. Remember Raffensperger, the big issues over there with him, and he was against you know Trump, and he wasn't going to find the votes, and da-da-da-da, and everybody, he won big. He won big. You know what they didn't have? Trump support. You know who Trump backed in Georgia? Purdue. Trump's revenge tour in the primaries was not about winning the general it was about beating the person that they felt in many cases wronged him so you have to ask yourself the question is winning and policy important or is just being a thorn in the side of the media and screaming and yelling more important it's a fair question it is Trump's legacy in the courts is tremendous. The fact that he wanted to take on the border is tremendous. That he wanted to 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 get us out of needless wars is fantastic. That his take on China was ahead of everybody else and and it should continue to be talked about and we should continuing to be doing those kind of things. I love the way he handled the economy. There an immigration we could talk about a lot of the good But at this point, ego is playing such a role that you have to ask, what do you do? The Republicans dropped the ball. They lost the other night. Yeah, abortion played a part of it in some areas. It's it's very regional, right? That's the other thing that the other night was very regional. When you look at stuff. It was like, okay, well, you know, over here, the economy was a bigger issue. Over here, abortion played a role, and it was on a few of the tickets. Maybe, you know, uh, uh, but the reality is, across the board, one thing that stood out was the election, quote-unquote, deniers and the, and those people out there that were really pushed by Trump. Not, you know, Trump, oh, you know, 280 of my people won, or 250, whatever it was. Those are, those don't count. You're throwing those people out there. Uh, that's like me saying, oh, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, like backing Nancy Pelosi in the district she's in that is not only gerrymandered, but she doesn't even run an ad anymore. I don't even think she knew who her opponent was. So the Republicans today have to ask themselves, where do we go from here? And if Trump's a part of it, what a part is it? Or is it only going to be Trump? Because if it's only Trump, and that's all that matters, and you're willing to to throw everything into that, because he's still the party in many ways. We could talk about DeSantis, who I thought was the big winner the other night, and Kemp and all that. But if it's only Trump, are you willing to go, uh, there's a good chance we may not win, and we're not going to expand our tent? And if we don't expand that tent and we get boat raced again, then what? If you alienate people, because you'll be alienate people in some cases for two years, how do you get the tent bigger? Because I always thought 
you're running to win an election. But maybe I'm wrong. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. And I'll hear from some people or Trump people. Oh, you're an idiot. You're stand- That's fine. Again, I just told you all the things I liked about a lot of the stuff he did. But answer me the question, do you care about winning? And I had one person that's, that just tweeted me back and says, no, I don't care about winning. Well, then why, why, why do you care about any of this stuff? I never played a game where I didn't want to win. Otherwise, I wasn't going to play the game. Oh. And I'm not talking about a game of cards or something I'm learning at Uno or a video game, but you don't play stuff to lose. That's silly, isn't it? Or am I wrong? Is that just a new world? Speaking of the new world, we have a couple clips for you that we're going to play in a little bit after What's Trending. I will tell you this. One of them uh, is both hilarious and disturbing. And I think that is sums up a lot of the youth today in work culture. <laughs> hilarious and disturbing. Rough Greens. My dog, Doodle, if you saw him at times, he is both hilarious and disturbing because he looks like a bat that's too fat for wings. But I love him. And he's way thinner than he used to be. And that's thanks to my buddies over there at Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. It's a supplement that he takes every day. He doesn't know he takes it. He just thinks I'm putting some good flavor stuff on his food in a powder form and he eats it up. But I will tell you, with all of these great things inside of it, it has made him healthier. It has made him happier. It's given him tons of energy. And most importantly for me, it's kept him alive longer in a much healthier way. And I love that. Right now, they want you to try it for free. And you can do that by going to ruffgreens.com slash Chad. You're going to cover the cost of shipping. It's a couple bucks. You're going to get it sent to you. You open up the bag. And all you do is do the same thing you've always done with the dog's food, except put a little bit of this on this, just on top, like voila. And watch what happens. Try it now for free. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending, baby. Today, you know what I'm saying, kids? Let's do it. Let's get deep and dirty in the trending world. Start first and foremost, Aaron. Twitter land today. Quacking. I know what it is. Are sure our enemies are quack quacking? I thought I think it was supposed to be quaking in their boots. <laughs> That's uh, uh Marjorie Taylor Green. They spent $16 million to try to oust her. And they couldn't do it. Uh lots of soccer stuff. World Cup close by. Teams are naming the players that will be there. Uh you've got uh A lot of stuff about Veterans Day tomorrow. Big time. A lot of Thursday vibes happening there. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. A little Thursday vibe. Paramore's trending. I think they have a new album out, right? I like Paramore. I do. I do like me some Paramore. 
love Haley. She's awesome. Her voice is awesome. Uh, some of the other wacky trending stuff that's going on. A lot of Trump stuff as well. And Arizona. A lot of people asking the question, why can't everybody seem to count like Florida counts? Which seems to be rather quick. And we'll get a little deeper into that a little bit later on why they do what they do and how they do it. Uh, we'll touch on that. Head over to Google. Number one trending thing today in America on Google, India versus England in the World Cup semifinals of cricket. Nick Cannon's expecting his 12th kid. Number one thing yesterday, midterms, the takeaways, CMA awards. Those apparently happened last night. I did not win any a CMA award at all. At all. I tried, but it didn't happen. Meta laying off a ton of people. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And how the media came at it in such a different way with, you know, like, oh my God, they're getting rid of a bunch of people at Twitter and he's laying off 11,000 and it doesn't feel the same kind of vitriol and disdain. Brittany Griner, yesterday she was transferred to a penal colony uh, and nobody knows where it's at. Nobody really knows where it's at. And apparently they have two weeks to tell them where it's at, meaning the embassy and her attorneys. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Coming up, a woman who is quite frankly disgusting, but I think it says a lot about a youth of America. We're going to talk about that. Some more on the fallout of the midterms. And I want to talk a little soccer as well. World Cup. Not so much specifically about the World Cup. We'll get deeper into that probably next week in the games itself about where it's being played. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. I asked a question earlier on the old uh, Twitter machine, which is apparently hell on earth. I got something interesting to talk about with Twitter. Uh, I asked a question uh, to all of you out there listening. Feel free to participate in it, and uh, I would enjoy it if you did, and if you have a chance to follow me as well. Uh, Why did the GOP fail the other night in midterms? Bad candidates. Democrats were better. It's not over yet. Trump factor. Bad candidates and Trump factor overwhelming Democrats were better 7.3 percent it's not over 15.9 percent some of you are chiming in uh Mike says hands down Trump factor An injection of 2020 nonsense remove that and you still have a little bit of a candidate problem a governor uh you know should have some experience I think the Republicans flip-flop with Carrie and Blake here uh, would have had a better chance talking about Carrie Lake and Blake but th- there's somebody right there Another person says, in order for the conservative cause to move forward, Trump needs to fade into the shadows. Other people said, look, it's Roe v. Wade scared women. 
I think there's a portion of that. I think the Republicans never, ever thought it was going to go away. But I've said Trump's biggest accomplishment out of everything is the fact that he moved the court to the right. And people freak out about that. I'm 50. The court has been to the left side of the aisle since I was born. So move to the right is shocking, but it's a six to three right now, or five and a half to like three and a half. Let's be real. All that being said, you know, did Roe v. Wade going away play a part? I think it did in some ways, but it really depended on the states you were in. Did it play a part in California? No. Why? Because California is fine with you killing a baby up till the moment of birth. Does that happen always? No. And 99 times out of 100, if something like that has to take place, it's usually because the life of the mother and they're not going to kill. It's just just like with rape. Like not everybody who has an abortion was raped. They make it seem that way. It's not. Go look at the statistics. Less than 1% for infanticide and rape and incest. But you don't sell reality. Selling reality doesn't get you anywhere. If I was to tell you this. How many times when you go for a job, have you been sold reality? Because they really want you to work there, right? Let's say they're really in they're, they're recruiting you. It's great. The pay's great. People are great. Everybody here gets to, they drop 20 pounds. They walk in here and, and you, you know, you, uh, they, 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 they pitch the dream. Because nobody tells you, dude, the hours are really long. All right. The bosses are going to be on your ass night and day. Uh, yeah, the pay is good, but it is, it's a tough, tough thing to do. And, you know, not everybody here is super friendly. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's, you know, there's some clicks that are here that you have to maneuver around in the politics of it all. They never tell you that. I, I tell a great story. I, I went for a job once, uh, with an amazing radio group that I loved and shout out to my friends out there in San Antonio and when I went out there, right, they fly me out and I was going to be production director. I was going to talk radio for him, the whole nine yards. And uh, the guy who runs it, the people, they're just awesome. But what they didn't tell me until I got there after I said, yeah, I'll take the job. And I, 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 I you know, we flew back and Jack was maybe four or five months old. And within a couple of days, I'd packed up the car and I'm driving on out there. And, uh, and Jack's mom's like, all right, you know, we're going to come out in a couple months. You know, we're going to fly back and forth and see. Jack. So what they didn't tell me is, oh, yeah, by the way, we're bankrupt. Until I was in the building. Nobody tells you the reality of stuff. And I think it, you need to know that because what sells is the sizzle. That's what sells. The reality of it. it's like. You want to look great and you want that 34-inch waist with sculpted abs? You know what that takes? Not eating cookies. Lifting weights and cardio up the ass. And some genetics. Yeah, but I mean, the, the look and the whole, that's awesome. But this is where it happens. And people don't want that. It's just easier to sell certain things. 
Jules writes in, says, I'm not a Republican, but my thought is, look at why Chris lost so badly. Florida went so red and flipped it. He's not likable. That's one of the things. His record with garbage. Absolutely. And by the way, Chris, he lost as an independent, a Republican, and a Democrat. But he also says, great economy. Being an incumbent is tough. I think getting away DeSantis from the 2020 stuff and focusing on today was big. Big and very big. So what do you think? What do you think? Now, they still might win the Senate. It's a possibility. I heard the lieutenant governor today for Georgia say they asked him, what should Herschel Walker do? He goes, I'd make three phone calls today if I'm him. And it was on CNN. So who would you call? He goes, first. I call Donald Trump and I tell him, do not come here. So this is a runoff with Warnick. Now, remember what happened in the last election? Why did the Republicans not hold on to the Senate seats? Because Trump and his acolytes told everybody, don't go vote in Georgia. It's not going to count. It was a nightmare. The Sidney Powells and everybody. He goes, that's the first thing I tell him. Then I pick up the phone and I call Brian Kemp, the governor, and said, could you help me with this? And then I would pick up a call, a phone, and I would call Ron DeSantis and go, how many times can you get over here to help me get over the line? Yeah, we'll see. Let me know what you think. Tweet at us, text the program as well. Speaking of work and not being uh, told the honest truth, the youth of America, uh, let's, let's be honest, drives all of us crazy. At times, I know I drove my family crazy. And... My generation, somewhat crazy. I get that. Not like this, though. The youth of America is, again, I shake my head at times. And especially when it comes to working and their work work ethic. And I work with a lot of millennials. And it's funny because, so I'll give you guys a snapshot if you knew the show. I do this show. And then I have a local show in Phoenix uh, that is in the afternoons. It is funny to watch like some of the interns that come in and you're like, that person really wants this. They want to do so. They're willing to go extra. Like we've got a young reporter. Uh, she was an intern with us. And I said, dude, Taylor's really good. I said, she's going to be at a Trump rally across the street from ASU where she was going to school. We should put her on during the day. She hit the ground as if she was a star and she was willing to do all the extra work. And we've got a lot of interns here where you like, you ask them a question and you have offended them. You want me to do what? Hey, can you listen to this thing for two or three minutes and just give me your thought on it? Coming from a young person's perspective. Hey, did you listen to that? No. I was on TikTok. Okay. This lady, though, takes the cake of just insanity. Right? So, again, not all millennials are bad. I think a vast majority of them are good. But I do think there is some issues when it comes to the workplace in them. Case in point, this person here. I've had a lot of jobs before I started working out of school. And one of which was working in a factory, um, a pastry factory. And it was like 10 to 12 hour days 
of just like a lot of emotional and mental abuse and well I got pretty mentally ill I'm pretty tired and pretty sick of it and I just started like whenever I had a fart I just fart all over the pastries like it was so loud in there you couldn't hear and so I just farted on so many pastries and if you live around here and um, have done me wrong you've probably eaten my farts and that feels pretty good okay where do we start there are so many things that we can start with. Let's listen to it again. We'll break it down as we go. I've had a lot of jobs before I started working at a I've had a lot of jobs before I started working right at the place that she's currently at, which if they see this, they should let her go. School, and one of which was working in a factory, um, a pastry factory. And it was like 10 to 12 hour days. Of- oh my God, 10 to 12 hour days, right, says her. Of just like a lot of emotional and mental abuse and well I got pretty mentally ill okay so I've had a job a lot of them before I got to the school that I'm working at solid uh, and boy sometimes they want to be there 10 12 hour days and all the emotional abuse that I got from the other people and and the job itself you're the pastry you're not this isn't, I, I can't even, I don't even know what to describe. Like you're, you're, you're working in a, uh, you're, you're working in a place where they're, the, the, the machines are more than likely producing the stuff that you're watching it go into the packaging, making sure that the thing doesn't go in upside down. That's all your job is, but you're mentally ill because of it. No pretty tired and pretty sick of it and i just started like whenever i had a fart i just fart all over the pastries like it was so loud in there you couldn't hear and so i just farted on so many pastries and if you live now that's disgusting and vile and a crime in some places uh and just absolutely asinine i still think you're mentally ill i'm sorry i don't I mean, how can you not be at this point good god now, here's the other part that uh, you got to really listen to it. Around here and um, have done me wrong. If you've done me wrong, like she's John Wick, and your wife just passed away with cancer and, and sent you a puppy dog, and then you go into her house and you kill the puppy dog and you steal the other most prized possession her her you know her whatever car or whatever and 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 you beat the crap you've wronged her like if you've done me wrong what the hell is wrong with people good god my goodness and if you're working at a school, I got to let you go. A, if you're working at the cafeteria, I can't trust you. And B, I don't want you farting on the kids. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show's your Twitter. Tweet at us, text to program. This is the Chad Benson Show. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. The person? A rapper? God 
Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. This is the Chad Benson Show. Based on the best estimates I have seen, it looks like Mark Kelly, the Democrat, will ultimately pull it out in Arizona. I think it would really be a surprise at this point if he didn't. Nevada is simply too close, and it's going to take some time to count those ballots. Nevada is a slow state. Yeah, they're a slow state. And he's not talking about them being special. (laughs) Oh, come on. You guys know you're laughing. Uh, it is a slower state. Arizona's notoriously bad. California is like, they don't need, well, I mean, what are you really counting in California? There's some you're really counting, right? You got the mayor's race in Los Angeles. This is how a Republican wins in Los Angeles. You become an independent and you just run on all the Republican ideas. And so there's a chance, uh, that Rick Caruso could unseat, uh, you know, the balance of power with the Democrats, which would be very interesting. But there's still some races out there. And and it's not all doom and gloom in 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 some ways. But if you're the Republicans, you're not licking your wounds right now. You you've lost the plot. And if you're the Democrats to even have any hubris. At all to say that you've got some sort of mandate by celebrating the fact that you lost the House just barely and you really didn't. You know, we'll see what happens with the Senate races. Didn't uh, you, you didn't maybe you lose the Senate by one or it's the same thing that it is now, which is the you know, the tie goes to the runner and the runner happens to be the, the Democratic Party. That's not a celebration either. I mean, you could I guess you're excited because you thought, well, on average. And by the way, for those of you who don't really get how bad this was, the Republicans, I think for a president with a negative negative approval rating it's somewhere between what 70 and 54 seats they lose in the house and eight seats in the senate soak that up if you think that well you kind of won no you didn't inflation where it is all of that stuff those are things to think about some other races that are interesting uh it's it's kind of i mean i think it's it's fair to say that you know you look at Oregon and Kotech is, is up now by about three points and it's, it's done and dusted kind of thing. But the fact that they got that close, but then you ask yourself the question and I'm looking at you, Portland, like, what is it going to take? Honestly, what is it going to take for people to go, uh, you know, Portland is a beautiful city that has become, a disaster. Self-made disaster. What does it take for you to go, all right, we've given them 40 years uh, to run this state and we can't do this anymore. We got, we're going to have to try something different. Because Portland is really about you. At the end of the day, we could talk about Salem and Eugene and Bend and all those things. But it, as Portland goes is so much of what the state does. But you do have to ask yourself the question. It's what I look over at California. Growing up there, I ask myself the question all the time. What is it going to take? But as long as you have tons of have-nots and you promise to give them things or you appeal only to their emotion, I guess you've built the perfect base. 
you know, something is going to continue to do what it does until eventually it doesn't. And apparently this wasn't the it doesn't time. But if you're a Democrat in places where you got by the skin of your teeth, which is normally a stronghold, you have to ask yourself the question, do I need to start figuring out how to bridge the gap and maybe not live off some of these radical ideas that have got some of these messes that made them almost oust us? But I think in today's age, I don't see that in politics anymore. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram. I've got a question up today. If you'd like to check it out, I'd appreciate that in the old Twitter. Follow along with me as well. Why did the GOP fail Tuesday night in their midterms? Bad candidates, 34.4%. Democrats were better, 67 It's not over yet, 167 And the Trump factor. 42.2%. You put bad candidates and the Trump factor together, and you've got 76.6% of the vote. Think about that. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. I'm telling you now, as and I've been saying it for a long time, and I get a bunch of crap for it, whatever, I don't care. At least I did in the past. Yesterday I said it, and I'll reiterate it again. The biggest winner in all of this wasn't the Democrats, and we'll touch on that in this entire nightmare of a scenario for the Republicans. It was Ron DeSantis. But if the Republicans do it right, they could be the bigger winners out of this. There's still a chance they're going to get the Senate. Eh, We'll see how that goes. They're going to win the House by how much? Again, not what they wanted. But for a lot of them that I've talked to in the last several days, people that are both in the world of politics, meaning people that are actually elected officials and people who work within the world of elected officials, all said There's a giant monkey off the back now, and that is Trump. And that is Trump. And I said, we'll see how that goes. Because Trump's going to announce probably next week that he's running for president of the United States. And that is going to put everything back in the world of Trump. The message was sent the other night, crappy candidates don't work. People care about today. Abortion was bigger. Yeah, in some places it was. Because in some places it actually was on the ballot. Marijuana was on the ballot in some places. But no matter how bad the other side's doing, if you don't give the people what they want, if you don't give the people somebody they want to vote for, they're going to stay home. They are. And I look over right now at the Republicans and I think to myself, 
This is going to be ugly, but it needs to get done. They need a whole new plan. They do. They need an absolute new plan on what it is that they are, what they're about, and where they're going. It can't be we got an R by our name, so that makes us a Republican. What do you believe? Are you for smaller government, conservative values, lower taxes, the freedom of the people, securing our borders? Or are you about all the other crap that TV news is about? I came on here yesterday and I said, Ron DeSantis is the biggest winner of all. Brian Kemp, a huge winner. What didn't they do? They didn't get behind Trump. They didn't buy into the Trump world. They fought back against Trump, Brian Kemp in particular, with it's not stolen. That's a big win, I think, for a lot of people. I've gotten more tweets, texts, all of those things saying it's time to move away from Trump. Trump did some good things. He did. But everything was about Trump. And here's the thing. Ego is a tough thing to fight against. It's a tough thing. First of all, to get into politics anymore, you got to have some ego. Trump already had ego times 10. Now you put all this stuff into it? Honestly, does anybody want to see a Trump versus Biden race? No. I don't think it's going to turn out any different than this time unless Biden continues to jack the pooch. We're going to get on to his insanity yesterday. No. No. Take away the the take away the Biden is out to lunch. I mean, God, that speech yesterday. I was driving in this morning talking to producer Anthony, and he's like, "Was he hopped up on something? He was weird. He was, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's they must have given him one of those vitamin B shots." And on the other side, take away all the chaos of Trump. Both of them will be eighty something during the next election. Let's just take off all the other stuff. It's time to move on. We need younger blood. We need fresher blood. Both parties need it. Marco Rubio said it yesterday. Both parties need to be strong, but both parties have their issues. But the Republicans, I'm looking at you. You screwed up a midterm that was easy to win because you decided, and many people do, hey, low-hanging fruit, we'll get with Trump. He's got all this cachet. You got the 30 35%, and the 10% you got in here and there was people holding their nose and voting for you. Except in places like Georgia. Oh. And in places like Florida. Otherwise, Trump had a horrible night because people are on to something new. That's the one thing about our TikTok society where at least we'll go, okay, maybe we need something new. He's got a base of 25, 30% that's not going anywhere. How do you reach them? You reach them by being a lot of what Trump was and then being the political side better. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Now, the battle's going to come. In the Republican Party soon. I think very, very soon. Trump is going to announce. Here's where the battle's going to come. 
not just other people. And, and you know, the other night he basically told Ron, if you try to leave Florida, meaning if you try to run for, you know, I got stuff on you, I'll destroy you. If you think that's a great way to run a party, is I will destroy you. If you try to get in my way of my ego, that's idiotic. That is idiotic. That being said, the billionaires, the big donors, they've all been telling Trump, we're not backing you. We're not. We're throwing the money behind other people. DeSantis is the future. We're looking at Kemp. We're looking at Young. We're not looking at you. That's also a big deal. But the Republicans have a chance here to fix the issue. They have a chance to step back and say, Trump, be the kingmaker. Trump, be the kingmaker. Isn't that what you want at this point in time? Take your ego out of it. He can't. Be the kingmaker. Get behind some of these people. He didn't really get behind DeSantis, right? He didn't get behind Kemp. Kemp boat race Purdue. Just crushed the guy he was running against. Pence got behind Kemp. Remember Raffensperger, the guy that Trump couldn't stand and all the He boat raced his people. Why? Because people stood back for a second and said, all right, well, we've got to get on from this. I'm saying this because I look around and I see the Republican Party and their issues are easily solvable. They are. Because a lot of what people who support Trump, they want the same things that many of the other Republicans want. But to get people to snap out of it, if you will, and stop treating him like he's Yahweh, you need to deliver somebody who can do that. And that, to me, right now, if you were to ask, is DeSantis. Now, it's a long way to go. We're talking about 2024. Well, these things take time. America now is 24-7, 365 campaigning. You're either running for something or raising money to run for something. But it's fixable. It is. And I look over there and I said, a better candidate would have easily won in Georgia. A better candidate would have easily, easily won in Pennsylvania. Carrie Lake is probably going to win, who is Trump's biggest, oddest supporter ally out here. It, and, you know, everybody's like, she's Trump in a dress. The, she's probably going to win. But a better candidate would a boat race the other person. And J.D. Vance won. J.D. Vance would probably have won anyways. Dude's a smart guy, right? Author, venture capitalist. This was not an idiot that somebody picked off the street and said, we'll get... Tra-. No. Now's the chance to rebuild. Now's the chance to take a step back, take a deep breath and go, what do we do from here and how do we do it? We've been given the opportunity. If you spend the next, oh, I'm going to throw this out there. If you spend the next two years doing nothing but investigating and not trying to move America forward, 
and doing all the things that Trump wants you to do, Kevin McCarthy, who's got his own issues. Because already the MAGA wing wants McCarthy out. How's that feel? But if you spend, if you try to impeach Biden over and over again, if you try to 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 just do nothing but investigation after investigation after investigation after investigation, without actually trying to say, okay, um, the American people thought we were going to do something for them. What is it? If you seek revenge without moving forward, here's how you get the revenge that, quote unquote, so many people want. You do something that gives them a reason to get rid of more of the other side and put more of the people on your side in power. I don't know if they've got it in them. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program, roughgreens, ruffgreens.com slash chat. Go to Rough Greens right now. Free bag. So Dr. Dennis Black spent over a quarter of a century after being a Vietnam-era helicopter pilot that was decorated. Guy was a Green Beret. Uh, he was a cancer survivor. He wanted to be healthier. He did all of these things, and he became a naturopathic doctor. And in doing so, he formulated something for animals because he loved animals. And that is K9 Vitasmart. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega 369. It's incredible. All you do is sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. You don't have to do anything else. They don't want you to change any of it. They want you to try it. If your dog struggles with digestive problems, low energy, maybe they've got joint pain and you know their hips ache and pains, things like that. Try this just for a couple, two, three weeks. You watch what happens. It's amazing. It is, and it's simple to use. All you do is sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. Don't even change your dog's food. Try it now. Get a bag for free. Cover the cost of shipping. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Tis the Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Facebook's parent company cutting 11,000 jobs. CNBC obtaining CEO Mark Zuckerberg's video addressing his employees. It was you know, one of the hardest calls that I've, I've had to make. The tech industry taking a hit with advertising revenue falling as inflation cuts into consumer spending. Twitter and Lyft already announcing big job cuts. Real estate company Redfin laying off 13% of its staff and shutting down its home flipping business. Banks hit hard too. Citigroup and Barclays, the latest to cut hundreds of workers. Yeah, uh, that's understandable. When it comes to Meta, Facebook, uh, the problem was Meta. Man, Mark Zuckerberg bet big time that that VR world was going to be huge. And it might be one day. That day ain't today and it ain't tomorrow. And he put a lot of money into it. A ton of money into it. To the point where, uh, you know, I was talking to so my uncle and I, because you guys know if you listen to the show, Michael and I, we, we got our own company, best friends. We, we live together in the, in the tech world. Uh, he was talking to a couple of his buddies yesterday who worked there and they were let go. In the middle of projects, which normally, if you're in the midst of a project, you rarely get let go. But they just didn't let go like one or two of the team. They wiped everybody out. They're just like, we're killing the project. Because they put way too much into something that is probably five to ten years away. In a letter to employee CEO Mark Zuckerberg saying he's sorry to those impacted and in a video obtained by NBC addressing the layoffs to employees virtually. It was, you know, one of the hardest 
calls that I've, I've had to make in, in, in the 18 years of running the company. Zuckerberg admitting he overhired as e-commerce surged during the COVID pandemic, telling employees, I got this wrong. Which happens a lot in the world of tech and everywhere else, right? When things are good, you know, uh, we can, can we can expand. And it's like everything, right? Your, your eyeballs were too big for your stomach. But a lot of this is the metaverse. It's just they, they put billions into it. And when you have to answer to shareholders, people start asking questions about, whoa, what's going on? Why are we losing so much money? And uh, so they got rid of a decent amount of people. But it is interesting the way that they, they covered this over Elon firing. You know, and I said part of that is the fact Elon bought the company. Yeah, and he's a pain in the ass now to the media and all those kind of things that, you know, they, they liked him when he was the cool electric car guy and going to save the planet. They don't like him now because he he you know, he he's apparently, uh, you know, a Nazi or whatever. But the way that the coverage was different. So, well, yeah, but Zuckerberg owned the company for 18 years. But this guy bought the company and he and it was kind of a uh, the way that some of the stuff was handled wasn't great. But we have to pit something against another thing always because that's that's what we do. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty four, twenty three at Chad Benson show is your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program. I got a lot of texts. A lot of people saying, yeah, you're right, Chad. It's it's kind of time to move away from from Trump. And again, a lot of the ideas were great. A lot of the ideas were, were, were you know, I love the way he dealt with the border. I didn't like some of the stuff he did. That being said, a vast majority of it was good. Uh, uh, I, I liked what he did with NATO. I did. I mean, here's the thing. You know, if something was to go south with Russia, and we'll touch on that a little bit later, let me tell you what we, because of Trump, and his push, NATO's spending a little bit more, but Poland, who would be the first ones to maybe engage, have spent a crap ton and are far more well-prepared than a lot of other countries in Europe for something. And that was a push because of Trump. On top of that, uh, I like a lot of things he, he did with the economy. I mean, it you know, wasn't perfect. No president is. No president is. Uh, and I can look around and say that there were a, a ton of things that I thought was great. And his his lasting legacy, which I've said from day one, uh, once, you know, he got his his sixth judge, essentially, but, you know, his third judge is that's his legacy is the court. That is his legacy. So there were things that I thought he did well, but he was always his own worst enemy. And so was his ego. And a lot of people are starting to see that. And I think the thing that has really hurt him out of all of these things, yes, his candidates report, all of that stuff. The big thing is going after DeSantis, saying, if you leave Florida, I'm essentially going to destroy you. And that, to me, I think is turning a lot of people off even more so. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. We're going to talk to somebody next about Veterans Day, but about PTSD. It's a, it's a good time to talk about it and what veterans suffer with. We'll do that straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. 
This is Chad Benson. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, and, you know, we talk about veterans on Memorial Day and Veterans Day, but so much needs to be done. The the VA was a hot mess. Uh, PTSD is is rampant throughout many of our veterans, and the struggle of what they go through day to day is is real. Joining us now uh, is Cole Lyle, is executive director of Mission Roll Call. Prior to that, uh, he worked as advisor to senior leadership at the VA on veterans policy in the United States Senate. And Cole, thanks so much for joining us today because this is something we need to talk about, especially when we look you know out there and we think how many people are who served our country are sleeping under a bridge tonight uh, and are struggling with mental health problems and are struggling even if they're at home and life seems normal and we just don't really talk about it. Yeah, Chad. Well, thank you uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, Mission Roll Call is a a nonpartisan program across the country that advocates for, you know, all veterans, um, regardless of your political affiliation, your branch of service, um, you know, anything. Uh, and our goal is to improve the quality of life for veterans through uh, sensible policy at the VA uh, and in Congress. And as you mentioned, um, there are plenty of challenges that we have to tackle, um, and and we're doing so, you know, year round. But it's a but it's a tough job because there's our number one goal is suicide prevention, um, and you know, suicide's a complicated issue because you can't point to one thing and say this is why veterans are are taking their lives. Um, it's it's usually a conglomeration of things. So we, we try to look at these issues from a holistic perspective. Um, and as I mentioned, just advocate for policies that would improve the quality of life and hopefully drive that number down. Let's talk about suicide prevention, because when you look at veterans uh, and and suicide, the numbers are frightening. Uh, the struggle with PTSD, you know, so many things that go into this. But again, it's a silent kind of killer that it's not it doesn't get the big headlines unless we see a number and then it kind of goes away. But how like how much of what you guys are doing in Mission Roll Call is about suicide prevention? Well, as I said, it's our number one priority. Um, So that's typically what we focus on. And we bring everything back to that issue. You know, the, the data from the Department of Veterans Affairs um, suggests that 17 veterans a day take their life. Uh, that's about 6,200 per year. Um, uh, an organization, America's Warrior Partnership, recently published a study uh, called Operation Deep Dive that was based on uh, Department of Defense data that basically said, um, you know, uh, the VA is undercounting the number of suicides because they get their data from the states uh, who give it to the CDC, who in turn give it to the VA, they're undercounting suicides, and they actually don't count um, Garden Reserve in their official numbers. Um, so the number could be higher than 17. Uh, but whatever number you believe, it, you know, it's a one is too many, and uh, that's why that's our number one priority. Because we go around the country and we talk to veterans about what matters to them most. And you know, unfortunately, um, I don't think that we can lay the blame entirely at mental health uh, because you know it. Um, suicide can at the moment of decision be because of acute financial stress or relationship stress or any number of different things that play into that decision. Talking to uh, uh, Cole Lyle, executive director of Mission Roll Call. You know, you were talking earlier about, you know, trying to do this as nonpartisan as possible. As you go out there, you're, you're, on, you're, you're on the hill, you're trying to get stuff done. What's the biggest 
issue you run up because this should be the most nonpartisan thing. We shouldn't even be having conversation when it comes to our veterans, the people who protect everything that we hold, you know, sacred. That we shouldn't be having these conversations about about anything other than what can we do. What's your biggest hurdle? That's a great question. Um, You've seen in the past 20 years, uh, Congress has really not put up a fight when uh, when the VA has come and said, hey, this is what we need to to serve veterans. Now, obviously, there can be disagreements on specific agenda items um, and how to implement them and things like that. But the VA's budget in 2001 was about forty five billion dollars. Our the, the VA's last budget request was three hundred and one billion. Uh, their full-time staff has increased over 200,000 full-time employees to about 440,000 full-time employees today. So um, the VA has, you know, the infrastructure. It's the largest healthcare system in the country. They ha- it has the money. Um, unfortunately, even with all of that, they only touch about 50% of the veterans in the United States. Only about half of the 18.2 million veterans are enrolled in VA healthcare, and even less use it on a regular basis. Um, I would say... Our biggest challenge is trying to get the the VA to shift its mindset to uh, be more focused on outreach rather than kind of their reactionary approach to to mental health and suicide, which is uh, pills and therapy, which to this point, you know, common sense and the data would tell you has just not worked. So let's try new things. Let's figure out how to outreach to these veterans that we're not reaching out to. And that's part of what Mission Roll Call does. Um, How do we solve that problem? So I think that's our biggest hurdle is trying to uh, convince policymakers that, you know, what we're doing right now just isn't working. Um, it's, it's an entrenched kind of thought because most of the people that run the Veterans Health Administration, um, most of the people that, that create the policy are themselves clinicians who went through medical school, learned the traditional therapies, and are kind of reticent to um, admit that what they've been doing has not worked. You know, you you talk about the outreach, and you know, I think a lot of veterans out there. My uncle passed away a few years ago. He was a Vietnam uh, vet, uh, and and you know, he struggled with a lot of things. And it, when he was married, and he had you know, his wife had insurance. My aunt, it, they used hers, but he was always reticent to go to the VA because it was always such a nightmare. It was always on their terms, and it was such a struggle for him that when he really got sick, he just he he decided the fight with the VA and the fight with cancer, it, you know, I'd rather fight with the cancer than the VA. It, they do have issues in messaging. How do you help them as well as fighting with the, you know, the, 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 you know, Congress and everybody else? Cause that's gotta be a nightmare. Yeah. I, so there's a common saying amongst veterans that if you've been to one VA, you've been to one VA because uh, ver- experiences can vary so wildly uh, at different uh, locations, because as I mentioned, it is the largest healthcare system in the country, and implementing uh, a policy change successfully at all different levels. Uh, you know, you're going to serve veterans in Montana differently than you serve veterans in uh, in California and LA, or you know, Tampa, Florida, or something like that. Um, so it's it's difficult to to change the system just because it's massive. But you're right, they do have a messaging problem. There are some veterans that just don't want to use it because they hear horror stories from other veterans. Some veterans don't use the VA because they have private health insurance that they deem is better than what they would get at the VA. Um, so it is incumbent upon community organizations, um, on, on people locally to encourage veterans 
to get the care they need. And to be honest with you, I, you know, I don't care if they get it at the VA or at, you know, from community providers, um, as long as they're getting the care they need within a reasonable time and distance, um, that's the most important thing to us. And that's why we've advocated for protection of community care at VA. So the VA will send veterans to community providers if they can't provide it uh, within a reasonable time or distance. And, and over the last four years, you've seen that grow so much. Now, one third of the VA's total spend on health care is providing health care in the community. Talking to Cole Lyle, executive director of Mission Roll Call, you know, the health care side of it is also something, you know, one of the things, you know, being out here in Phoenix, obviously the big VA scandal that took place here years ago. Some of the things and the veterans that we've talked to, you know, is is it the frustration they always felt is their health care, you know, take away the mental side of it, which it's tough to do. But the health care side of it, it was always on their terms. It was they just felt like they were a number. And if your number is called, you better show up today when we tell you to or you're not going to come back and see see us until we tell you you can. That's frustrating for them. Yeah. And and to be honest, it's because I still use the VA for for my health care. I don't have private health insurance. So um, I use it for primary care and, and specialty care. And the frustrating thing, too, is that if you try to point that out and they, they uh, sometimes will call you and they'll say, hey, we have an appointment for you uh, two months from now. Um, and you're like, well, I would like to see somebody more quickly than that. Can I use somebody in the community? Um, you have to go through an authorization process through your primary care provider. And, and they, they intentionally, I feel like, sometimes make it more difficult to use that community care because they want to keep you in the VA system. Um, but then, you know, if you say, I want to stay in the VA system, I just want to see somebody sooner than that. They'll say, well, you can always just present yourself at the emergency room. And I'm like, well, my, my problem's not as serious or that serious to, to necessitate a visit to the emergency room. I just want to see somebody in a shorter amount of time than two months. So um, that's why, as I, as I said, experiences can vary wildly depending on, um, you know, the staff, the local VA uh, medical center director and their level of passion and involvement on these issues, um, you know, their budgetary priorities, all sorts of things can go into this. But, yeah, Phoenix was ground zero for the, um, the argument for community care after the scandal in, in 2014. And, uh you know, the uh, Choice Act was passed and signed into law. Um, the Mission Act was its second iteration, which passed in 2018. Um, w- but I think that's that's an important tool. That's an important relief valve to give to the VA if they can't see veterans in an appropriate time is to be able to uh, give them the care they need in the community. Cole Lyle, Executive Director of Mission Roll Call. People want to get involved. People want to help Cole. What what can they do to continue to help you guys and 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 raise awareness and and really bring stuff to 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 their lawmakers and everybody else about the issues that are going on? Yeah, Mission Roll Call. You can go to missionrollcall.org and sign up for our text and email polls. You don't have to be a veteran, but um, it'll ask you know if you are you know what branch you served, when you served. Um, our our main method of advocating for veterans is whenever the VA or um, you know the the Congress comes out with a policy that may affect veterans, we send out polls on the policy um, to get their instantaneous feedback on how the veteran community across the United States feels about these issues, and we feed that back to the committees of jurisdiction or the members of Congress. So that's the best way. Go to missionrollcall.org, sign up for those text and email polls, um, sign up for our newsletter. 
um, donate if you feel so inclined. Uh, but that is the best way to get involved. We've got uh, over 700,000 uh, veterans across the country opted in to those polls, and it's a great way to make your voice heard. Uh, I love having you on. I appreciate you. Appreciate your service. Cole Lyle, Executive Director of Mission Roll Call. Uh, thanks so much, my man, for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chad. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. And again, it's it's a forgotten kind of thing. We'll think about it tomorrow. We'll think about it, you know, on Memorial Day, things of that nature. But it is a forgotten time, uh, you know, because those people served. That's great. Thank you so much for your service. Now I got to get back to TikTok and we need to take more of a role. It was a big news when the VA went sideways here in Phoenix. And yet at the end of the day, uh, and, and it also shows you that no matter how much money you throw at something, if it's not used wisely, it doesn't help. And that's the other side of things. That's so much what government is. Just ask for more if it doesn't work. Then ask for more. Yeah, but it's not going to work with more. Yeah, but you'll have more to not work with. And that's frustrating, too. Uh, My pillow right now is towels. Amazing things. Incredible things uh, for you to to go out this holiday season. You know, people go, ah, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to get somebody? You know what? Uh, towels. It sounds silly, but as you get older, you're like, oh, man, there's a nice set of towels. And I hate lotion-y towels. I hate towels that don't dry you. You ever those towels are supposedly really nice and you put them on, it's like, I'm still wet and the towel feels weird wet. It didn't absorb. That's what you're not going to have a problem with, with the six-piece My Pillow towel set. It's cotton grown right here in the U.S. Uh, you're going to get a six-day money-back guarantee. And if you buy before December 25th, they're going to extend that all the way to March of next year. And normally these are 90 bucks. You, boom, $40. Get these and all the other deep discounts by going to MyPillow.com slash Benson. That's MyPillow.com slash Benson. Get your six-piece towel set for just $40. Great holiday gifts. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. You guys know I do my picks on Friday. I'm taking tomorrow off. Uh, it's been a long couple days. As you guys know, I've been sleeping here for a day and just going to enjoy some time with the family. So I decided I'm going to give you my picks today in the old NFL. Uh, man. So tonight we got a game. Boy, when 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 they decided to spend a billion dollars a year, Amazon, did they think they would have such an amazing matchup between the four and five Falcons who play offense like the armed services in college or the Carolina Panthers who just suck. If you have to choose one, go with the Falcons. And I joke about that, but they ran the ball three weeks ago, 17 times in a row. If you've ever watched Army Navy, I think it's Army. All they do is run the ball. They'll have like four passes a year, it feels like. Same thing uh, here. But uh, go with the Falcons tonight if you must. All right, let's get down and dirty with the rest of the stuff. Seahawks and the Bucks. Take the Seahawks. Feeling they're going to win this? 
Uh, I do. He's found some magic up there in uh, the great Northwest. Bears-Lions take the Bears. The Lions are the most entertaining in foot- team in football. They'll put up 40 points. They'll give up 70. Browns-Dolphins take the Dolphins. Titans over the Broncos. Bills-Vikings. I went with the Bills. I, I don't know if if Allen's going to play or not, but I just kind of went there. Giants over the Texans. Chiefs are going to beat up on the Jaguars because apparently the Chiefs, by the way, every week they're at home. I don't know if they have a road game or if they're just playing all their games at Arrowhead. Uh, Steelers, Saints, go with the Saints. Colts, Raiders, somebody has to win. I think the Colts get a win for their new coach, Jeff Saturday. Uh, The Rams and the Cardinals take the Rams. Packers get thumped at home by the boys. Chargers 49ers, Sunday night game, go with the 49ers. And then Monday, take the Eagles over the Commanders. There is your pick for tonight and the rest of the weekend. I am 85-15-1 for whatever that's worth. I wish I'd been put a lot of money down. Yesterday, the United States national team announced their World Cup squad. Uh... A few surprises, but we will be, I think we're going to be the youngest team at the World Cup. And and I'm going to say this. I don't know. We're going to have a tough route out of the first round. The first game is obviously the most important, but for us it is. And the way they've kind of built this team is with a lot of players who are playing in England, even though they're playing in, in some cases in, the, in a division below the top division because they're playing both England and Wales. So... I think the U.S. will get a draw in the first game. They're going to probably lose to England in the second game, but England's always kind of a 50-50. And then I think they beat Iran, and they go through to the next round. Uh, But if you're looking for America, people go, do you think we have a chance? Mm, Maybe get to the second round. 2026, we host the World Cup. That's what everybody's aiming for. So be interesting. 323-538-2423. It's our text line. If you're missing the show, grab the podcast. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.